This is At The Wood, where bartenders talk to other bartenders and industry friends about drinks, service, and anything else you talk about while sitting at the wood. Okay, here we are in my basement bar this time uh, with Corey Lauren, a former co-worker of mine for a long time ago. And now you are in Calgary and you work at? At the Nash in Inglewood. Yeah, so um, what kind of place is it? Is it restaurant lounge? Uh, yeah, so there's like two um, two sections to it. So there's the, the restaurant side, which is the dining room. Um, and that's sort of like, how do I best describe it? It's like Canadian comfort food uh, done like French bistro style. Um, so yeah, like the room is like really cozy, elegant. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice, nice place. And then we have the bar like lounge side, which is called the offcut bar. And that's where I spend most of my time. So yeah, there's like uh, 10 seats at the wood, uh, really beautiful bar. Um, they have a whole bunch of stuff that's like, uh, like upcycled or repurposed from like the old, uh, the restaurant itself used to be like the national hotel. And that's sort of where we got the name from it. It's just oh, that's cool. Yeah, condensed it to the Nash. Um, so yeah, like some of the old radiators from the, um, from the rooms that were upstairs are like the table legs now. And they have like, um, like behind the counter, they used to have like the pigeonholes where people would get their mail. So we use that to like store wine bottles and stuff. So oh, that's fun. yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, really neat space. I haven't been, but I've seen your, some, you know, Instagram stories and stuff and you have live music there every now and then. And... Yeah. So Thursdays we do live music. Um, no cover and it's yeah a lot of you probably love it actually it's like pretty intimate space a lot of singer songwriter stuff um, yeah acoustic sets um, we had the dead south actually a while ago yeah what a, they, what a fun time in that small space hey yeah they they brought the noise that was like one of the busiest yeah. <laughs> busiest Thursdays there's like it was it was a hoot nanny it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome um, so uh, you and I used to work at state and Maine together and that was a lot of fun that was amazing. That was a long time ago, though. Wasn't I, it? Yeah, I think I started there shortly after it opened, which was 2012. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was like pretty. Well, I was like pretty much green to like cocktail and like craft bartending, and you were sort of like this sky wizard for, <laughs> for us, like newbies. <laughs> like, oh man, set those out of making old fashioned. Like, what? What is that? Yeah. Back then, uh, there's not many people that did in Red Deer, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of like you and State Maine, like all the other guys, like Kyle and um, Chris. <laughs> all those guys were like by I don't know, sort of intro into cocktails, and I think that's where I really started to learn and like get interested in cocktails. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was so much fun working with you. That was the golden days of State Maine. It really was. It really was. Um, and how long did you work there? few years yeah I think I was there till 2015 okay and then I took a bit of time off and then I hopped over to Bose I totally forgot you were at Bose yeah I was I think I was there for a year and a half oh wow okay yeah so <laughs> it's so funny how like we both like bounced around yeah the same places different times thing is like I never really go out because you know if I'm not working I'm at home with the kids mm -hmm. um so I, I never really go out to visit other bartenders which I feel kind of shame for but although last night I did go to Occam's Razor and, had, and saw Matt and had a drink that's cool but the basically the I, I think the whole reason I w wanted to talk to you is because um you quit drinking that's correct how long has it been um as I quit 
September 2018, so that's 17 months. Okay. And talking to Dustin Harper at Bose, he also quit, but he barely bartends. So, yeah, he's more management position. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he barely bartended. He's a bartender, but... Uh... Ayo! <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, because I think, how do you do it? Like, um, I've, got a, I've got a list of questions. Oh, good. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've got a list of answers. Okay, good. So, first off, when you quit drinking, mm-hmm. was your bartender career in question? Did you wonder if you were could still bartend? Yeah, it was... Um, it was a really considered choice to go back into bartending. Um, cause yeah, after, after I quit, I had also quit my, um, last job, uh, which was at a nice steakhouse in Calgary, um, took a month off and then I was like, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm running out of money. I, I need to get a job like soon here. And I was thinking about doing like, like a barista or like work at a coffee shop where it's still like service industry because I like I love it um it's what I'm good at as well but I was kind of I was concerned about money and I knew I could get a better paying gig faster if I hop back into the industry Mm -hmm. um yeah and I I had done like like sobriety months I'm sure a lot of other bartenders like they have their monthly cleanse or something um so I've done that so I I knew it was possible uh to bartend sober um having done it myself and I I've read about, I think there's a couple like pretty famous, uh, like up there bartenders who either don't drink or considerably, um, like lowered their drinking. So I'm like, okay, this is doable. It is possible. It's just a matter of figuring out how it's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think of, uh, it makes me think of Jack McGarry of the dead rabbit. Um, I mean, that's the prominent one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I follow him and I always wondered how do you even taste the drinks that you make? And then he made a post, like, I think he was AA too. Mm-hmm. Um, are you an AA? Or yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Um, so he made a post a few months ago that said he was straw testing drinks for the new menu. Yeah. And actually woke up with a hangover. So he had to <laughs> bump, go back to day zero, you know, and start it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, when, that's a big question of mine, because you still do, you start you doing competitions. Yeah. And obviously you have to contribute to your menu. How do you know what, do you taste, taste your own drinks? Yeah. Um, so I, in the beginning, I was a lot more apprehensive about doing the tastings, but I like, if you're having a little strawful, you'd be hard pressed to get drunk off little strawfuls of 20 cocktails if you tried because it's really not a full straw it's it's the bottom half inch of a straw yeah Yeah, and it's like usually cocktails are like 20 percent abv so it's it's so minuscule and i mean you consume things that have alcohol in them all the time and just like those minuscule amounts so for me it's like as long as i'm not getting drunk i think it's it counts but like i would never do um like I have a lot of rules for myself mm-hmm. um, and I know when to like, if you're tasting a bunch of drinks, like you can, especially since my tolerance is still low, like so low now, um, you can kind of feel that warmth and the buzz coming on. And that's when I, okay, I got to step back, chug some water, have a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't woken up with a hangover yet <laughs> from tasting drinks, but uh, in short, yeah, I, I taste drinks. Um, I was actually at a, W set wine certification course yesterday 
and yeah, it was just tasting wines, fitting. Yeah. It wasn't an issue for me. Okay. Because I know, like, there's a guy I know who is um, a recovering alcoholic, mm -hmm. but he will hang out at the bar with his friends and he'll have non-alcoholic beers. Okay. He'll, he'll have like four or five big non-alcoholic mazels. But Dustin, he cannot drink anything that resembles a drink because it just, he, if he's drinking a non-alcoholic beer, it makes it, it, it's like, it's like a trigger, triggers his mind into thinking, let's party. Yeah. Do you drink non-alcoholic drinks at all? Uh, yeah. Especially because there's a lot of better options now, which we'll get into later, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, like non-alcoholic beer, it's delicious non-alcoholic ginger beer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's tasty enough that it's, I don't know, I just separate it. But So he wouldn't be able to have, like, kombucha or something that's, like, 1% or 2% alcohol. I guess not. No. Because I, yeah. Some people are, like, really, really strict about it like that um, in their recovery, which, like, everyone's recovery is really different. Um, I give myself a little bit of leeway, and not because I'm, like, being reckless, but, I, like, it's been considered steps, like... Okay, I think I can like taste this glass of wine as long as I spit. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, if if people if people don't want to like drink at all and like even tasting wine or tasting a non-alcoholic beer um, would trigger them, then yeah, like that's if that's healthy for them, then for sure, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, don't put yourself into a triggering situation. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't know how. Well, I guess it's different with, between you and Dustin because Dustin. Um, he works at a, like a high volume bar that has like, I'm not going to call Bose like some kind of rough route roadhouse or anything, but you know, <laughs> you know, like he sees people really drunk. Yeah. And so I'm sure it's easier for him to say, well, I don't want that. Those are the days of why I don't drink anymore. Mm -hmm. But for you, you know, like a nice cocktail bar where people are just sitting around and, you know, enjoying something. Do you get my urges to do that? To drink? Um, not as much anymore. Um, one of the big struggles for me in the beginning was like, you know, after your shift's done, people are sitting down at the bar, coworkers, your friends, and they're, they're having drinks or if it's, you know, Sunday fun day, they're, they're all getting wild. And then there's sort of that pressure to just like go in and join them. So at first I would just like get out of the situation, like, Oh yeah, going home. Sorry. Um, but as I got more and more comfortable, like, I don't mind sitting down uh, with the with those people, even if even if they're getting drunk. But I I have a sense of when it's time for me to like call it quits because hanging out with drunk people isn't isn't as fun when you're not on their level. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I see where uh, where someone in Dustin's situation would be coming from. Like if if you're around that like high energy. Um, like drinking and seeing people that are drunk, it's it's a different kind of stress you you're taking on, whether you're, I guess, perceiving it or not. Mm -hmm. Like like you said, I'm not really around, you know, people slamming Bud Lights and Jager Bonds and stuff. Yeah. So it's not I, I'm not exposed to it as much, but I could see like in a high volume bar, uh, if you're more if you're more cognizant of that, um, it being kind of stressful that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I wouldn't. I think I'd like to stay sort of in this realm of like cocktail world where it's a little more about enjoying the drink and not necessarily getting drunk. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Working in a bar would like a, like a club or a pub situation would be, would be tough for me. 
Now, I'm not going to get too personal here, but do you... Um, ask away. When, look. <laughs> when you were drinking, were you drinking for the fun of it? Were you drinking to mask some uh, emotions and bury, th bury them deep down, like a lot of us do? Or did you generally like the taste of drinks and... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, that's something that I've thought about a lot. Like why, um, like why I love drinking so much. Yeah, cocktails taste really good. That's that's just something that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was drinking, um, I, I would never really intentionally go out for just one or two cocktails. It was always like, okay, we'll start with a couple delicious drinks, and then let's move into like the fireball, and then. Hey, who's got a, who wants to buy a two six and go to a, a host party or something. So, um, yeah. What, was, what were the other two? <laughs> oh, if I was masking any, anything. Yeah. So I've been pretty vocal about this on like social media, but, um, I was like diagnosed with depression this year after finally going to an actual doctor and therapist. So I've been taking antidepressants for the last like six -ish months. Um, and they worked really well and I feel boatloads better now and quitting drinking than I ever have in my life. So I think the alcohol was definitely masking the, the depression a little bit. Um, cause life thinking back, like life just didn't feel as good and alcohol was, it made it a little more tolerable until it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's like a lot of. A lot of interplay here and I, I think it'd be different for everyone but there's there's a lot to consider mm. um, and there's like alcoholism in my family so there's like a genetic component too yeah, and just like the nature of bartending like it's I found it strange how I was so gravitated towards it for seemingly no reason like you can't explain what people are interested in what they're interested in but just for me to have this like perfect storm of like depression and interest in bartending and like maybe a genetic component, it's like I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So now do you, um, have you replaced it with a vice? Do you, have you switched to weed or? Uh, no, I was, I have never, I, like I smoked a bunch of weed in high school, of course, but yeah. um, I was never really a huge weed or cannabis guy. And I know like even now it's legal, like. It just made me so paranoid, and it just didn't do it for me. Like, yeah. it didn't have that magic that some people get. Um, I still smoke cigarettes. I, I think that's an entirely different thing, like, just one of those co-addictions that goes with everything. You go into any, like, AA or, like, CA room, and everyone's smoking cigarettes still. So hel I've replaced it with healthier habits, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's something I'd love to delve into a little more, I think, too. Yeah? Like what? What kind of healthier habits? So yeah, like the idea of replacing addictions, um, you know, like you said, like, oh, do you replace it with weed? It's like, well, I'm, I'm sure that would work for some people. Like it worked on the Trailer Park Boys for uh, Lee and Randy. I don't know if you watched that. But they quit drinking for a little bit and they smoke a fuck ton of weed. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, no. Yeah. Um, finding healthy replacements that would still do it for me and make life, you know, just that little bit better because... When I quit drinking, that was like a huge part of my life, just like gone. <laughs> yeah. And trying to find things to replace it that give the same sort of reward. 
um, was pretty, it was tough to find what I liked. And that's sort of like that, you know, finding out who you are kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a long time figuring out like what I like and who I am and yeah. It's it's an uphill battle for sure, but it's it finally feels like it's paying off. I think I, I think that's very impressive because there's there are a lot of people that I uh I shouldn't say a lot, but a few people that that I know who either have quit drinking or have just taken a month off. Mm -hmm. But then they'll smoke a ton of weed. And to me, I think it's the same thing. Um, it's just an escape from your reality and your feelings. I don't want to go off on weed smokers because <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a you know a vape pen that helps me with my depression, and I think it you know I think it's great. A lot of people need it. Yeah. But when people say, "Oh, you know, like it's my day off, so I woke up and got super high and just watched movies all day and whatever," mm -hmm. and if I said, "Yeah, it's my day off, so I just woke up and pounded a twelve pack." And, you know, before noon, people are like, that's, that's not healthy. But if it's weed, they're like, yeah, it's legal now. Enjoy it. You mm -hmm. know? So personally, I don't, I don't, I think it's either way you're hiding from something, not dealing with your feelings yeah, and your just, emotions. It, yeah. It seems like a matter of like social acceptability, I mm -hmm. guess. It's weird how alcohol kind of has that. It's socially acceptable until a point And then. Yeah, then you get into like the stigma zone, and yeah. Yeah, if you're smashing twelve beers before noon, um, then that's not okay. Whereas weed, sort of, and like weed's mostly harmless; like it's not causing fights. Right. It, like if anything, alcohol should have been illegal oh, instead I of weed. Like, fully agree. Um, I think I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. Like it's there's a lot of really good aspects about like alcohol and drinking, and there's a lot of really negative ones. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like coming to that balance of like, okay, like where, where is a good zone for people to be at? And um, I think that's an important thing to kind of find and discuss because it does cause a lot of problems in people's life. Booze does. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, people trying to find that balance um, and sharing that, like that's a really important thing. When you were out, um, if you're like after work, hanging at the bar with your friends or your mm -hmm. coworkers or whatever, do you, um, okay, first off, what is what is the worst name? Is it Virgin or Mocktail? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Or is it puns like a, a, a No Grony or a Fojito? Oh, they're all awful. I even, I, I even read, I saw Dry Tie, even. Hey, that's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. I, I do like puns. I'm a dad. But I mean, <laughs> are there, then there was another, uh, there was another term for no uh, non-alcoholic cocktails that I heard. One was Zero Proof. Mm -hmm. which is fine. Yeah, and, low proof, no proof. Yeah, no lows or whatever. And I, there was another one that I couldn't remember. I'm like, oh, that's a great one, but couldn't remember at all. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that great. But um, <laughs> I, I saw a great one uh, popped up on Instagram. Uh, it was for the, the Heineken uh, non-alcoholic beer. And it had Daniel Craig, James Bond. And he's like, oh, I'll have the double O. And the bartender like shakes him up this like ridiculous cocktail. And it's got two spherical ice cubes, like the double O. Yeah. And then Daniel Craig points at the ice cold Heineken. He's like, no, I'm working. <laughs> I'm like, that was cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I think it's getting cooler. Yeah. If, yeah. 
I've, um, I follow, uh, we, you do too, Camper English on Twitter. I do, yes. Um, and he is... He retweeted you once, didn't he? Oh, yes, that was uh, <laughs> in my bio as of one of my proudest moments. Um, and uh, he's all about, you know, the science of cocktails and everything. But he tweets a lot about non-alcoholic spirits. Yeah. He's apparently, according to his website, as of November, when he published it, it was uh, 61 different brands of non-alcoholic spirits really? being produced. And there's three in Canada. Yeah. I think it's going to be the hot new thing. And he tweets a lot about, there's a lot of like non-alcoholic bars popping up in, mm-hmm. in the States. I'm sure they'll spread to Canada eventually. Just a little bit behind the times always. <laughs> yeah, we always are. What are your thoughts on like a non-alcoholic bar? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's great. And it's just sort of like the natural next step forward. Um, because like for, I don't know, the last three or four years, it's always been like, oh, the next hot thing is like the no proof, low proof cocktails. And um, it's just been like slowly gaining steam. And I think it's finally reached a place like in the like public realm, I guess, where people are like really aware of this. And this is where you're getting like these companies like Seedlip popping up. And like there's there's a market for it now, and yeah, like ten years ago, if you opened a non-alcoholic bar, you'd be like the crackpot, way ahead of its time kind of type. But now it's like, yep, this is where it's this is direction it's going, and we're, I'm just riding the wave. So first, do you drink non-alcoholic cocktails? Uh, I don't really go out of my way to do that. Um, do you make them? Do you try to create good tasting? Not, not like, and not. I'm not saying when someone says comes to the bar and says, "I'm not drinking," so then you know we used to just like make a Shirley Temple or mm-hmm. just like throw a bunch of juices in a glass and put a cherry on top. Yeah, and I think that's where it was at for a while. Um, I, I definitely have a bit more care and attention um, towards mocktails. Like now that they're getting more popular, like we have a mocktail section on our menu, and it's it's not like mind-blowing stuff or anything but we make some like fancy syrups and make like a italian soda kind of thing mm. um we're working in these non-alcoholic spirits uh, and just giving people who aren't drinking or don't drink just better quality options okay. it's like why how come the <laughs> people drinking old fashions get all the the sensory experience right. of a great cocktail the last few episodes of this we tried some uh first one we sampled beers and next one we sampled gins mm-hmm. But uh, you and I are going to sample some non-alcoholic spirits uh, from the same same company. Seed, Seedlip, is, as far as I'm concerned, is was the first. I think it says, yeah, first right on the bottle. Yeah, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. So when I bought it, I bought I ordered it from like Seedlip.com because I couldn't find it and I really wanted to try it. Yeah. With shipping and everything, it was like a hundred bucks for two bottles. <laughs> it's like more. Yeah, it's, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Um, do they sell it in Calgary now? Or? Uh, yeah, there's a few uh, craft stores. Some of them you've probably heard of, like Vine Arts or like Oak and Vine. Um, there's definitely a few like brick and mortar places you can get it, and uh, more and more of our suppliers are can like ship it in for us at reasonable prices. Uh, Sheringham Distillery on uh, Vancouver Island have great aquavit and great gin mm-hmm. they they uh, have a line called lumet okay. I, I checked liquor connect and it's not available in alberta yet but uh i'm interested in these things because um 
I'll be straight up with you. I tried when I got these. Yeah. I wasn't too jazzed on it because it tasted like infused water to me. Yeah, like one of those lacrosse, like a hint <laughs> of a hint of yeah. a hint of pineapple. <laughs> right. So if I was thinking like, because they have people making sea lip cocktails, but I think how personally. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried to make a cocktail with it because I, I think I got mad and I just put it on the shelf and said, <laughs> screw you. But um, I think, wouldn't that just water down a cocktail? Yeah, I I haven't worked with them long enough to kind of get like a feel for how they work in a cocktail, um, a cocktail application. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I haven't tried the two that you have, which is the, the spice and the citrus. Yeah. So we have the spice 94. I don't know what the number means. Maybe is it? Just the name. I don't know. Spice 94. I hope it's the proof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grove 42. And then the Grove or Garden 108. It says, holy. <laughs> that garden is, says herbal. The spice is aromatic. And the Grove is citrus. What should we start with? Should we do lowest to highest? Sure. So Grove, the Grove 42. This is the citrus one. It's got a squirrel on the label. Is that a squirrel? <laughs> well, it's a squirrel, but I think all of them are made out of things. Like the squirrel head is made out of ginger. Oh! And then apple pe- or orange peel for the tail and such. So maybe is that like a little bit of fur on the edge of the tail? Yeah, maybe. I, I wonder if they incorporate all the flavors in there. Because there's ginger, orange, looks like blood orange. Mm-hmm. Lemongrass, maybe? Lemon peel? That's cool. I and didn't even notice that. One thing I will say about this is that you can, f- or I can taste, or I can smell all the imp- uh, components a lot better than like a gin. Yeah, you don't get that like, like the burn in the nostrils. When I'm ta- smelling and tasting a gin, I can say, oh, I can taste like this or that, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But this, very, very pronounced on the nose yeah definitely it's super aromatic but one one of my problems with this is it smells like citric acid to me and i know on the ingredients actually it has ingredients water natural botanical distillates and extracts potassium sorbate and citric acid so this is this is not like infused water like they have actually distilled this like gin yeah but instead of pouring neutral grain spirit and adding the botanicals, then distilling that, they put in water, and then the botanicals, and then distill that. So they're yeah. distilling the water to make the water more concentrated with the flavor? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't really look into the process. Like, it's, yeah, really interesting to me. Yeah, it's, it's a great idea. Um, and I guess the reason it hasn't come out, not everyone's doing it yet, is because I'm sure it's a very hard thing to nail down. Yeah. But it's delicious smelling. But I, like I said, I, I just smell citric acid, but. Citrusy, like a little, like vegetal qualities going on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of tastes more like the, the pith and not just the skin or the oils in the skin. It's more of the. Yeah. You don't get that like essential oil, uh, like zesty bits, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's more of the, the fleshy inside bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more of the flesh. That's a good way to put it. But it's good. It's good. It's not bad at all. Um, it does, yeah, have that infused water kind of body to it. 
Um, but it's unique as well. I can't think of anything comparable taste-wise. No. Okay, so should we move right on to the yeah. next one? Yeah, okay. sure. So the Spice 94. Let's see. Aromatic. Um, same, same, you know, vague ingredients. Citrus peels and barks and spices. This one has... See, it's all... It's a, it's a wolf or that is a fox of art made of things. There's a acorn. I don't know. I don't know what the rest of them are, so I can't really <laughs> read into them. Yeah, I'm not a, a botanist by any means. It's interesting how they say aromatic because it really I smell like almost like an uh, Angostura bitters, aromatic bitters. That's what they're going for. I think so. I smell. It actually smells a lot like like a thieves' essential oil. Ooh. Yeah, like a winter spicy for sure. Yeah, with like nutmeggy. Nutmeg? A little bit of cinnamonish. It does smell like like a green nut. Like not you know <laughs> a green nut. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely getting like a lot of nutmeg. But yeah, the, again there's like that underlying vegetal. Yeah. Maybe that's why I think green nut, because it seems like a nut like a like a <laughs> A nutmeg or uh, even like a, even maybe it's just I ruined my taste by looking at the picture of an acorn. I don't know. Maybe. But it has a bit of both. A little bit of brown and green notes. And flavor? Yeah. A lot more like you get that barky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Almost a bitterness to it. Yeah. The barky bitterness. Yeah. Not as like bitter as bitters. Right. But there's still like that a little bit of drying quality going on. I think I prefer that one taste-wise mm -hmm. to the citrus. I'll be honest with you. I think I'm, uh, I'm a little bit warming to it because I think I was so mad when I got them. Like, this <laughs> is not distilled alcohol, or like it doesn't taste anything like it. So I put it on the shelf and looked at it with hatred in my eyes. Mm -hmm. But now it's like when I'm actually sitting down and talking about the scents and tastes, I'm kind of I'm, I'm liking it a lot more. Yeah, it's. Like, again, this is my first time trying this one, and, yeah, trying to pick out the nuance is a little tough, but, I like, I bet if you are mixing these with, like, something with some effervescence to get, like, those aromas. I was thinking after we could just make a seed lib and tonic. Yeah. Yeah? Because I've got some tonic in the fridge here, so. Yeah, we could do that do for that. sure. <laughs> Feels yeah. weird doing a shot. Yeah, I know. Doing it. <laughs> Woo. Line them up. Turns up on a Monday. All right. Garden 108. Herbal. Oh, this actually says, well, I shouldn't have read it because then it ruins my perception of what's <laughs> in there. But it says a herbal blend of distilled peas, hay, and English herbs. Interesting. So this one I have tried before. Thank you for bringing it up, by the way. Yeah, happy to. Um, and they, they're sugar-free, which is interesting because I think what I like about just sipping on spirits is the viscosity, there's the mouthfeel, you know, mm -hmm. not just the burn, but it it coats your mouth. Yeah, like the body. Yeah. And this has, obviously doesn't have the vis viscosity, but you would think that someone would, and by someone I mean me, because I'm an <laughs> amateur at this, would just um, add, because I know a cocktail without any kind of simple syrup or anything is thin yeah. to me. Even a tiny bit, like an eighth of an ounce of simple syrup really helps the mouthfeel yeah or like a two to one yeah so i think this i would just like oh put a little sugar in there and it will help with the mouth the body mm -hmm. but they don't do that obviously yeah 
so I'm thinking like these are a great blank canvas to start with and then spitballing like okay what would happen with a little sugar yeah mm -hmm. increase in the body okay let's add like a touch more like fruit juice or bubbles and so maybe that's where a seed lip cocktail does come through yeah is when you add those things I think it's definitely worth putting some time into and sort of see how it behaves in different like kind of cocktail frameworks it smells like it smells like biting into a cu cucumber uh, yeah it's like a liquid salad so I get like a little bit of like fennel yeah it smells like a Greek salad almost because maybe there's <laughs> some fennel in there and um dill dill maybe is there dill i don't see anything on it <laughs> am i right by looking at this picture of a rabbit uh, are we reading too much into the rabbit i don't know maybe. so i love that artwork i can't believe i didn't notice that mm. oh that's delicious you like it i do like that like i want to sit on a patio and just have a pint of this with ice and <laughs> well you could and you could go to work right after <laughs> sure i could but to drink a pint of this is probably like forty dollars. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. What do you think of the rules? Do, should we do an ounce or like measure it out or just splash it in there? Um, we could yeah free free pour it out. Sure. How's your free pour these days? Uh, pretty good. Pretty bang on. <laughs> that one might be a bit heavy, but I showed up my boss the other day when she said she was sampling wines to pair and yeah. I just free poured it. And she said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I brought over a jigger and poured it in. It was exactly announced, and it was the proudest moment of my entire life. Oh, like when the pressure was on, too. Um, so what kind of tonic is this? Well, this is co-op gold tonic. Ah, yes. Yeah. President's choice. <laughs> yes. Um, it's not fancy, but it was there, and I thought, well, I want to see what all these tonics taste like. Let me find a diamond in the rough mm -hmm. or a gold in the fridge. hey <laughs> I would drink is, those. Yeah. What does the tonic taste like just by itself? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, pretty plain tonic. Yeah. It's actually not bad at all. Not bad tonic. It's a bit a bit maybe light on the quinine. Yeah, I find this one pretty sweet compared yeah. to like Schweppes. But, okay, so that's what that is. And then... What do you think? I love it. I, I do. The I, flavors hold up surprisingly well against the tonic. They do. That's, huh. Yeah, like sometimes after work, if <laughs> if I'm feeling fancy, I'll do like a tonic with a like a splash of Ango. Just, you know, it yeah. tastes good. And it's like, you know, two drops of bitters isn't going to, you know. <laughs> right. Isn't going to send me into relapse or anything. Um, but that tastes on the same level as you get with like a tonic and bitters, I think. Yeah. Well, will you look at that? There's uh I have a prejudged of the things on my uh, back bar. Yeah. And now I'm come, I've come to appreciate them. But now I think I have to save them for summer down the deck. Definitely. <laughs> We're like one, two, three, four, quadruple fisting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did your cocktail competition go last one you ended? Uh, it was a really good experience. Um, have you ever done a cocktail competition? I've done a couple of them, yeah. Yeah. And with like the live... Um, I guess, performance yeah. aspect too. Yeah, it was put on by uh, Willibald Gin, which I don't know if you've heard of them. They're out of Ontario. Uh, no, but I saw your picture and they've got a great looking bottle. Like that's a great label. Yeah, it's got like the very Germanic like typeface and uh, they got a pretty good, pretty cool story. It's like family farm and um, I think it was like three brother, two or three brothers that were like, hey, we're sick of growing like wheat and stuff. Let's 
distill it and make an awesome gin and they won a bunch of awards in their first couple of years and they were trying to move out west so yeah they were doing like a bunch of charity things and cocktail competition uh which i was part of and yeah it was from beginning to end it was it was really cool um nerve-wracking yeah. <laughs> for sure but yeah everyone performed really well and i i learned a lot was that your first competition yeah okay i'm kind of torn on competitions i don't know how i feel about them because i did one that was full of a lot of amateurs and it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. you know because everyone talks about competitions saying oh you get to learn so much and 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 you do but like on that one i learned a lot because everyone talked to each other i did another one in calgary and it was so everyone was so alienating and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because it was a beef eater one. Yeah. And there's going to be like all these great bartenders from Calgary and Edmonton can be there. I'd love to learn from them. But no one wanted to talk to me. And like before, during, before so. and after, you know, before, uh, maybe because they're prepping. But then after everyone, I went out for a drink yeah. at Proof. And then, uh, you know, we try to talk to them and they're like, turn up their nose. And oh, well, it's like know. an air of pretension. Yeah. And I kind of think like, um, that made me, that turned me off of cocktail competitions. Cause I think like the reason we're here is to meet each other and network and learn about each other's not tricks, but craft. Like, yeah. How do you do these things and what's new up there? But then they would, it, it was all very clicky. The Calgary's yeah. stuck by the Calgary's Edmonton's stuck by Edmonton's. And then there was three of us from Red Deer and we thought, well, I guess let's just go home because these guys are oh, dicks. So sad to hear. Yeah. Well, it was because oh, red deer scum. And yeah, <laughs> I always hide where I'm from. No, I'm just kidding. Proud I'm, red deerian. <laughs> proud red deerian. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe I. I do come across as a bit of a, you know, grump. So maybe I have my my grump face on my resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> resting bartender face. Yes. Yeah. Um. Huh. Yeah. I only have the one competition to to compare it to and yeah i'm in a different situation because like a lot of these guys are going out and drinking and i'm relatively new to the industry in calgary so it's like you know of people but when you like sit down and hang out with them it's kind of like you don't actually know them and i don't have that common like hey let's just get drunk and see what happens yeah um so it's a little tougher to like sort of shoehorn your way in um i didn't feel like it was a pretentious competition per se um and everyone was really like nice and polite but yeah it was that's good yeah it was it was good i definitely didn't feel alienated yeah um well because you're calgary now so you're the cool <laughs> you're one of the cool kids one of the cool kids <laughs> yeah i mean i just must have caught a bad day um are you, did, are you gonna enter world class or anything uh, because i know just that some of these ones might be easier to just enter online you know yeah rather than show up yeah, like the the only reason um, that I ended up in that competition was uh, we, the importer uh, that brought that was bringing in Willibalds also brings in a bunch of wines for us at the Nash. So we kind of had that in. It's like, oh, Proof's doing this cocktail competition. Do you want to send one of your bartenders? Because we have a great relationship with them. And I was like, eh, great way to spend a weekend it's for charity. Get to like flex my creative muscles a little bit. Um, I didn't win or anything, um, but I guess the judges said the scores were were quite close. Um, but anyway, yeah, I wasn't actively seeking out 
cocktail competitions, and I don't think I will. It's just, it's a lot of stimulation for me, and it's, I don't know, the re- like, the work-to-reward ratio is not great in yeah. my mind. Like, I know a lot of people, like, that's, um, that's their thing. Like, they have, like, their, you know, regular 9 to 5, and then they do cocktail competitions, and they're, like, they search them all out, and they enter them all, and some do good, some don't, and that's, like, they love it. Yeah. Um, whereas I was, yeah, I was disenchanted by it. Yes. Okay, I get that. Yeah. Much like I am, like, I know, and I don't want to paint, uh, cocktail uh, competitors as dicks, because, you know, like, (laughs) I I think I've mentioned before, but Jeff Savage from Vancouver is, like, the world's greatest. He got number two at last year's Diageo World Class Global. Yeah, what's his restaurant again? Um, he's at the Botanist. Yeah. The Fairmont Pacific Rim. Yeah, I follow them on Instagram there. Oh, next level. Next because level stuff. <laughs> a, like a month before World Class, they won the Bulls around the world over in the Netherlands. And, and he's a guy who just, if he enters, he wins. You know, and but he's super down to earth and very nice and very mm-hmm. humble about it. And he won't even say it until like, oh, we're, uh, I haven't seen you around. Oh, I was just in, you know, Campari flew me to Italy. Italy no big deal. <laughs> and then now I'm going to France for Grey Goose and. That kind of stuff. No big deal. No big deal. Just another Tuesday. But then you, the, the I, I think it's the guys, the other guys that I met that are like, yeah, I placed second in the regionals uh, two years ago, and uh, fuck you, you know. So um, <laughs> like peaked in high school kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, so well, I think that's what turned me off of it. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get like that kind of dynamic with with any sort of competitive competitive environment. Um, I, don't know, I was gonna go somewhere with that, and then just. Yeah. train left the station well and, and it's a different there's i think you don't i liked being in competitions because it pushed me to try something new and uh, new ideas and to you know make the absolute best cocktails i can make um but i don't think that it, it's not a it's not a gauge of success if you've never entered or won anything in a comp- cocktail competition doesn't mean you're not a great bartender. Yeah, that's that's absolutely a great way to frame it, I think. I think I, I, I'm always, always have been a very insecure person. Mm-hmm. So there, I think there was a time when I thought, well, I should. I should get into these cocktail competitions because that's how you be, become a great bartender. Yeah. Which is totally not true. And, but I have some, I have, uh, loyal regulars and, uh, um, a set schedule and all, you know, when, when someone comes in on my night off and says, where's Seth? I think that's, that's what I that's, gauge my success on. Yeah. You know, I don't need to win any comp- comp- competitions. I've got what I need right there. So I think, but then other people do, you know, other people chase that and that's fine. You know, it's, um, there's just different angles that people go for. Yeah. It- yeah, it depends on what you value, I guess. And maybe that is just another crutch that people could rely on is, yeah, the rush of, you know, competing and winning and, like, flying to France and being the best. Like, that's that's a rush in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying, like, the best bartenders in the world are, are addicts or <laughs> junkies or anything. But, yeah, like, I, I agree with you where there's more important things for me, like... Yeah, I love doing like off the wall creative stuff, but in my day to day, it's like I I don't do like ten ingredient drinks. Um, I don't want to bust out the flamethrower or like <laughs> the centrifuge or anything or do clarified punches. Like that's just not my style of bartending, and I think I'm 
most me when I'm just at wherever I'm working, you know, doing my best to like serve people, make their night. They're happy. I'm happy. And that's, that's what makes me feel best. That's awesome. So awesome. Yeah. What What's next? Still just crushing it out at the Nash and uh, you've got anything coming up? Um, Work-wise, not really. Um, I'm headed to Morocco next month for a month. Really? Yeah. Just taking a monthly vacation or sorry, a month vacation. I do that like Mo- one day. Monthly vacation would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I take a month off every month. <laughs> Um, no, I, I like to go somewhere uh, once a year, and now that I've quit drinking and I'm not spending thousands of dollars on booze, I can I can afford to fly to cool places. Yeah, you must have a lot of money now that you don't drink, eh? Oh, if I didn't smoke, man, I'd be fucking rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always look back on my 20s because I, I bartended all through the 20s and made a lot of money, but I didn't save a dime, and I just pissed it all away, which is one of the biggest... Uh, regrets i guess is you know yeah i always justified it by saying oh, i'm having fun mm-hmm. and i'll make all these memories but i don't remember most of it so yeah but it, you might not remember it but it definitely shaped who you are and like what you've become like i know well, for for better or worse i guess for better or for worse yeah absolutely yeah. but yeah you're like you're awesome <laughs> <laughs> thank you well stick to the script sorry yes <laughs> um yeah, I don't know what what else. What else uh, you want to talk about? How about I? Can I ask you a couple of questions? Sure, sure. So I guess just getting back to like the the topic of like no drinking. Like, do you think drinking is a bad problem in like in the Red Deer environment for bartenders? Like, do you think people are sort of like waking up to, um, hey, this might be an issue, and or is it sort of like not really talked about, or is it not really an issue? Um, I don't know if it's not talked about, but I, I don't hang out with bartenders really. Cause mm-hmm. like I say, when I go home from work, I don't, I don't go out for drinks after and I don't go out on my nights off, but you know, a lot of people, they do the dry January, that kind of thing, but it's not really a, like a few years ago, maybe when I was more um, cognizant to it, everyone would be doing it. Like, oh, we better dry out because that was rough. Yeah. But now it's not so much. It's every couple of people, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try a few weeks off kind of thing they say, but it's not, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if people are hit drinking as much, but maybe it's because there's so much cocaine around. Yeah. I don't know because I'm, I was always very, when I was partying booze and that's it, booze and cigarettes, nothing else. Yeah. But now I don't know if there's many people I, I shouldn't say many people I don't know, but. I I always hear of like, oh, that person's doing lines in the bathroom? I didn't think that person did cocaine, but it turns out most people do. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I know that the nightlife, like there, 10 years ago, there were like four or five nightclubs in town. Now there's one and or two and they're both side by side. So yeah, because they're like Bellini's and Billy Bob's and still that. Okay. But it's those two places. There's no nightclubs downtown um there's lotus is like a a church now i think or some kind of i saw some pretty happy looking signs when i drove drove past today (laughs) i think i think it's a church and then the old uh manhattan whiskey seven whatever oh cowboys it was cowboys oh and trist trist very briefly (laughs) yes uh it's a thrift store now so um i think that that kind of lifestyle is gone like the party 
lifestyle because even Bellini's is, I, I haven't been in so long, but mm. I don't hear a lot of the young people from work going out to nightclubs. They, they go to pubs. They go to houses. Uh, what goes on there, I don't really know. I don't know if they're partying or if they're just having a couple drinks together. You know, mm-hmm. I can't I can't really say what the nightclub or the nightlife around Red Deer is, but um, it's not what it used to be anyway. Yeah, because I, like, I remember when I was still in Red Deer, like, it was party hardy, like, all the time. You could find anywhere and anyone to have a drink with you any night of the week. And there was, there was always something like nightclub or nightclub-ish, or you could, you know, like go and score drugs or it was, it was a party town and it, it had a reputation for being a party town. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't come back as often as I, as I used to, but yeah, it seems like there just isn't the huge drinking culture, even within the industry, like talking to some of the like younger bartenders, just for example, it's like they have other things going on and that seems to be the trend with the kind of hates it millennials and younger whatever that generation is that Mm. is like people are drinking less and younger people are drinking less and doing having sex less and all these all these things which is funny because the i saw an infographic on twitter the other day talking about alberta's economy and every single industry is down except for food and beverage is up huh so people are and even this january was busy for us yeah And before Christmas, everyone's thinking, well, it's, you know, doom and gloom and we're all going to be, you know, hunting rabbits soon for our meals. But now it's, it's busy again. People are still going out, Um, Mm -hmm. but maybe they're just not doing it to excess. You know, they're, they're going out, they're having, you look at, look at craft beer is huge. Oh yeah. Um, So people are maybe just going to tap rooms and having three pints of you know, an IPA instead of going out and buying a case of Lucky Lager. Yeah. So it's like still going out and spending money, but on like quality things. So like everyone's still making and spending money and people are enjoying themselves, just not getting blackout. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I do too. And it helps me. Like I've always had a thin layer of guilt for getting people drunk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like part of me, I don't know. There's like this hypocritical stage I went into like when I quit drinking, I'm like, oh man, like I'm a fucking fraud. <laughs> but, and like people like think I, I'm trying to talk myself out of a job. It's like, for one, I want to help industry people. If, if they have a problem like that's, that would be my focus. But yeah, if people are just enjoying themselves more and not necessarily getting bombed, um, they're still spending money. I like, I'm still making money. It's just, it's a win-win for everyone. I think with a little, you know, moderation. Mm-hmm. And I really think, I really appreciate that that's, I shouldn't call it a trend, but people are waking up. Ten years ago, it was, oh, are you sad? Well, here's a chartreuse and and <laughs> do a bump in the bathroom. But now it's like, okay, well, let's go out for coffee and talk. And yeah. let's address things instead mm-hmm. of just masking it with more drugs and booze. So, yeah, it makes me really happy to see people leaning that way. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of instead of let's go and have six double caesars at brunch let's go go to the gym let's go to yoga yeah like you've been crushing the gym look at look at those your arms are busting through your shirt right now (laughs) you're looking good you're looking healthy thank you very much so you know it's it's good to see that people are taking care of themselves yeah it's it is really inspiring and there's so many avenues and with the whole like like bell let's talk things and 
I know there's some controversy surrounding that, but like yeah. people's hearts are in the right places for it. And there's a lot more options, I think, for, you know, getting healthy and doing like recovery work or like just healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot more people are comfortable with that. I, I think it's a really good time, really good time to be alive in that sense. Um, I, it was maybe a year or so ago that I was, it was a busy night and there was two of us behind the bar and I, anyways, there was a lull. So I said, okay, I'll be right back. And I went into the, into the cooler and I'm doing my breath work exercises, you yes. know? And so I'm sitting there with, taking huge deep breaths with my eyes closed and someone comes into the, and I'm sitting on a keg. They go in and look at me and there I am like meditating on a keg and like uh why is wim okay. off in my cooler <laughs> exactly and like oh okay and they close the door and just walk away and uh after she's like what are you what were you doing in there I'm like oh just breathing like you get to go for a smoke break i don't smoke so i'm gonna go and take a three minute collect myself break and you know get my wits about me again instead of stressing out so mm-hmm. whatever works to do you know, to make yourself more sane and cause this industry will destroy people. Yeah. There's people I know who are destroyed, but still in it. And then there are people that cannot wait to get out of it because it's a long road back. But, um, that's if you let it destroy you. And yeah, I think both of us, it almost, we both almost let it destroy us, but yeah, I, yeah. I would safely say that. <laughs> I think quitting, quitting drinking helped you. I think it was getting married and having kids for me because that mm-hmm. even when, I texted Sean Draper and he, he still brings it up to this day it was years ago that um, it was my last day at Toad and Turtle and he got me super, super, super drunk. I, yeah, I've heard, heard this story from a few people. Yeah. <laughs> super drunk. And then I, uh, yeah, I said, texted him the next day. I said, nothing um, makes you stay on the wagon, like holding a ba- baby while throwing up in the ba- in the bathroom sink. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, after that, it's like, okay, well, I'm not even, I, I would like to drink more, maybe, but my kids won't let me and I won't, don't want, you know, having a hangover parenting is worse than anything. So mm-hmm. that's what saved me. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I guess it's just about the common theme would be like just filling that gap that you were filling with, with alcohol and partying. Like, yeah, having kids, like that must be so fulfilling and, you know, <laughs> busy and just craziness, but mm-hmm. it, it fills that, fills that void. Yeah. Because I'd rather hang out with, you know, right now, I'd rather hang out with my wife and kids than go out for a bunch of drinks, you know. And, you know, if I if I chose going out for drinks, I wouldn't, you know, they'd kick me out, no problem. Because I only get two nights off a week and I'm going to spend them with my family instead of, you know, I've flaked on a couple, like there's concerts I want to see at Bose. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. It's on my day, night off. I can't wait to go to that. And then I just don't show up because I'm at home. I'm like, I'm not going out. I just want to be on the couch. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Plus, your kids seem pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty all right so far. So, I guess, anything else? Uh, that was a lot of ground covered, I think. That was, yeah. We're, yeah, I'm going to edit out some of the, the, the things like this. <laughs> but, <laughs> the lulls. The lulls. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a full episode. That's impressive. Um, okay, so, uh, when do you work? Do you have a set schedule? Uh, more or less, yes. Uh, I work Wednesday to Sunday at the Nash. Um, usually nights, a couple days here and there. Yeah. Sometimes I get dragged in on my day off, but Wednesday to Sunday—that's the—that's the good shifts. It's yeah, 
Nice. Monday, Tuesday, industry weekend. <laughs> and the Nash is in Englewood, you said, in Calgary? In Englewood, yes. Okay, awesome. So anyone who wants to go and get a fantastic cocktail by a fantastic person in Calgary, go to the Nash and ask for Corey. And if you want a fantastic drink by a fantastic person, come and ask for me, the pride of Red Deer, South Van Haver, <laughs> at State and Maine East Hill. Uh, thanks for coming, Corey. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. That was that was a pleasure, an honor. That was everyone. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Bye. At the Wood title music, Bartender Blues, produced by Spacey. Check out his stuff on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Space Cadet Beats. Yeah, 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 yeah